Oh, now that's definitely a drag car. And this is Fast Matters, the everything drag racing podcast brought to you by American Drag Car. This installment of Fast Matters is brought to you by American Flotech, Arizona Differential Specialists, Torco Racing Lubricants of Arizona, Roadrunner Converters, Micro Import Service Incorporated, Wallace Motorsports, Growler Racing, and by American Drag Car, where being fast matters. Hey, Hal. What's hey. going on, man? Hey, Jeff. What's up? Had a race this weekend, and I couldn't be there again. What the hell? <laughs> it drives me crazy. The car's sitting there in the yard, ready to go, and I have to limp out to the trailer to even look at it, and I know it's just not going to happen. I think it's getting better a little bit at a time. I, I have a Achilles tendon that's severely inflamed, if you weren't aware of it. So uh, hopefully it's getting better. Of course, now we've run out of two nice races in a row that I could have gone to. Yeah, we did have a nice, nice, really a nice racing day Mm -hmm. this weekend. Oh, the weather was nice. I know that. It was was so nice here. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because all week everybody was thinking it was going to cancel out. Well. And uh, nope. Anymore. Anymore. Oh, I mean, they thought it was going to cancel because of the weather. Well, actually, that was one reason. I didn't uh, want to mention the other one. Well, we may as well. I mean, uh, as we're sitting here the night of the 16th, uh, I have lost, uh, we've lost our motocross this coming Sunday, a week from yesterday. Uh, no reason to cancel it whatsoever. Everybody's outdoors. Nobody hangs out with anybody else except their own family. And it's a motocross on private property. Yet they shut us down. They told us we had to, had to quit it. Who pulled the plug? The city, the state, the county, wow. whoever. Actually, Governor Ducey did. No shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. No kidding. And uh, <laughs> and uh, also pulled the plug on our big model contest coming up. That's that's a little different. That's in a closed room. But an outdoor motocross? Come on. That's the same as canceling the drags. That's just stupid. Now, the Gator Nationals, as many people as there, eh, I can see it. Especially, you know, yeah, like being it. crowded in the stands. That's exactly. kind of what I was looking at. Exactly. And, of course, the, the old adage, you know, if you're sick, stay home. Well, not everybody's a rocket scientist who understands that sort of stuff. And a lot of people, oh, it's once a year, we got to go. Okay, uh, yeah, go and infect a bunch of people, you know. Yeah. So. But it will get better, uh, ultimately. Uh, the I, Italians, who have the highest uh, number of cases in Europe, uh, are just, they've got a little phrase, and I, I should have memorized it before I came up here, but basically it says, Everything will be all right. Uh, they're all saying that. They're posting big signs with hearts and, you know, everything and saying, saying this thing. It ends with bene, which is good. Everything will be good. That so. must be the one that you posted and you said, can you tell me what this means? Yeah. And I, I, I tried to tell you what it means, but I don't think it went through because I had a bad signal. Yeah, I didn't get it. I said, bring your drag car. No, that was not it. <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, the race was good. Um Yeah, I hope things get better. <clears throat> Sheesh. Michael Porter? You know who Michael Porter is? You know, the name is very familiar. If he walked in here right now, I probably wouldn't know him. I might know him. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. You know, one of those deals. I think you See, would. folks, I have a disadvantage. I sit in the tower all day. Yeah. And I see all of you go by, and I know you, I know your cars. And if I see you out of the car, sometimes I know you. But when I see you in a social situation, you know, it's just 
street clothes or bump into you at the National, like happened to me at the National. All these people came up to me, Hal, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm fine. Who the heck are you? <laughs> you know, I didn't say that, but that's right. what I'm thinking. And, uh, sure and it's worse for motocross because, of course, everybody who raced motocross got face mask on and everything. I don't know any of them when they're, when they're out of their gear. So yeah. it's, it's a bummer. But uh, I know the name. I don't know him personally. He's got the nice, nice uh, 70 Mustang Fastback dark what? blue. Okay. Within, uh, like a mid to low 12 second car. If typically. I recall in reading, he's been on a bit of a tear lately, too. He's running good lately. Well, he's been running good. Um, I don't know about a terror. He, it, well, as far as Michael's concerned, he's been having bad, bad luck. You oh. know, he, he's been getting kind of the short straw every time around. But, but he's there. He's competitive. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was good to see him go rounds and finally make it to the final. He's been running with us since that uh, big Halloween Havoc that we had way back. At, wow. Yeah. That's been a while. Yeah. So that was cool to see him there. Terry Lynn Brewster, she was the one that I mentioned might be showing up, but I didn't, well, I didn't mention her before, but I told you we had one that I thought was going to show up. She did in that pocket rocket. Which for those of you folks that have a memory, that car was the, is the former Rocketeer that was out of uh, that neck of the woods down there. Beautiful car with the Rocketeer theme, uh, the Rocketeer being the Disney movie. Oh, okay. And uh, love the car. A lot of really, really neat work on it. It was blown alcohol dragster, basically, is what it was. Man. And uh, I see here where she was low ET at low qualifier at 738. Yeah. At 182. Yeah. She was charging. She came to I was sure if I'd gone down there, I would (laughs) have... Had number one, but she would have she she would have stepped on me there. That's cool. That would have been a good race. They're good people. They, they really are, are. They are really good people, indeed. Uh, there there's some there was some more things that happened with her that just kind of demonstrate what kind of racers they really are. As a matter of fact, uh, she was one of the racers that had a problem with the tree. <laughs> she wanted the full tree, and we were having a situ an issue where a lot of the racers that wanted a full tree weren't getting it. She didn't. She didn't get it in first round, but she still won the round. Uh, and then she didn't, she, she started to stage and she didn't have it. She, she noticed that she didn't have it or maybe her crew noticed it. They stopped her before she went into the beam. They fixed it, but then they threw up the wrong index on the board. Oh. And that might have flustered her, I don't know. But either way, she red-lighted and I ended up being down there at their pit and they brought it to my attention. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's really a hassle. And the thing about it was... As I told them, yeah, I'm going to work on, you know, correcting that. They just, uh, they really bought, they really took it as their own responsibility. They were like, you know, we would have been disqualified if that, if, if we didn't red light first, right? Yeah, I said, the, yeah, you would. The policy is, you know, on the tree, once you stage your car, that the index stays. Well, this wasn't a case of the index. It was a case of the type of tree. Yeah. But. Uh, normally, you know, once once you're in, it's yours. Yeah. So. And then I guess that was the deal was they, they just missed a digit on the index, so she went ahead and staged. She looked for the minus, and she saw it, so she staged, <laughs> then saw the number was wrong. Yeah. Well, ouch. But anyways, yeah, they didn't come back complaining and barking and making a lot of noise. No, I don't see them doing nope. that. No. They were more like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. Very good people. Jeremy Jacobs from ADRA jumped in the field and... I think you know that car, the old little old 62 Plymouth Savoy, I think it is. 63 
the white car yeah. that was the year that was, quite frankly, excuse me, Jeremy, but you know it's true, the car was butt ugly. You know, <laughs> For a couple years in a row, Mopar missed the styling. All there is to it. They're distinctive. Oh, yeah. They're very distinctive. Yeah. But they were not... Uh, uh, they were not the best-looking cars. He's made that car work, though. Yeah. He runs very well in that car. Yeah, I think he's a terror in the brackets with it, too, yes. right? Yeah, and um, what really kind of knocked me over was we were just standing there talking, and he threw us a pat on the back for the podcast. Really? I was surprised about that. I, I asked him, he really listened to it. He says, oh, yes, I like it. It sounds very cool. And he listens to it when he goes to work in the morning. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I was Well, so... That does help. <laughs> we got a couple of them out there that like us. I guess it's doing good. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you something, and, and all you racers can and carry this forth and think about it a little bit. People who are doing a job out there, whether it be me up in the air-conditioned tower with electronic information coming at me all the way down and I'm making it easy, or the poor slob who's there, not slob, poor choice of words, <laughs> the poor guy who's stuck at the ET booth with his back to the racing or the tech guys who get to hear everything, but all the people that do all the jobs, it really, really means something when somebody comes up and says something nice like like uh, Jeremy did. That's true, uh, yeah. I mean, when somebody comes up and tells me how much they appreciate my announcing, and I know not everybody likes my style. I learned that a long, long time ago. It was one of the first things I had to accept was that not everybody liked the way I did things. And uh, once I adopted my policy, which is get over it and stay over it, uh, you know, life has been much better. I realize not everybody likes it. Uh, not everybody liked Walter Cronkite either. Not right. everybody liked liked uh, some of the other NHRA announcers. So it, it's just the way it is, you know. But when somebody does say something to you, whoa, you know, in the in the when I worked for White Brothers, we'd get a letter congratulating us. We'd put it up on the bulletin board, and everybody'd check it out, and everybody felt good. You know, we called that a Christmas letter. Uh, regardless of what time of year it was. It's the same thing here. When somebody comes up and says something nice, it really, really, really helps. It kind of makes you forget the the things that are putting you off that day, you know. That didn't, you, you yeah, know. the 15 complaints. Yeah, the 15 <laughs> complaints, right, yes. Or the fact that you knew you screwed something up or whatever, but somebody comes up and says. So the point of, of this little dissertation here is, folks, if you think somebody's doing a good job, tell them so, right? you know. Yeah. And one other thing. Uh, I, I'm in a dragster. I'm belted in. I'm covered with my helmet, the whole thing. I come to the time slip booth. I make darn sure to shout out thank you to that you guy You know what? I do that, too, all the time. How much effort is it? No, it doesn't. It, it's no effort at all. Even if you got a lousy time slip, you know. I've oh, yeah. A, I, don't bring, I don't put that on them. Yeah. No, it's not his <laughs> fault. He's just the poor guy handing you the slip. But just, you know, just to, hey, thanks, or I wave to him or whatever, you know. That's right, yeah. Sometimes my crew picks it up, and I'll wave and holler goodbye or, you know. Thank you. So anyway, okay, I'll get off the soapbox. Go ahead. All right, cool, cool. Well, should we start yep. uh, with how about first round? So Michael Porter opened up first round, and he took out Cody Nelson. Cody did a little bit, a little bit better this weekend, but still on not good. And he's the one having car troubles. Kinda, yeah, yeah. He's really having a hard time getting that car consistent. So to do this time, he was on a fifteen ninety index, and he was a bit off with a sixteen oh one. And I think Porter was something real close. He was on a 1240, and I think he ran pretty close to it. Good. And then we mentioned Katie Webb uh, last week. She's back at it. She put out Lino Cimarroli. Yeah. 
Lino's great win streak that started last year and started, you know, looked like it was going to continue has rather abruptly come to an end here. That both these last two races he's lost first round, I think, hasn't he? I didn't he I, lose first round last week. Oh no, no, last week he got the lucky break. I think he's oh. the one that he took. He got the strange luck of having two people DQ against him, oh. sending him all the way up into third round. Oh, okay. Well, it's still uh, having known Lino a long, long time. He was one of the first racers I really noticed at, at Speed Roll when I uh, started announcing there because that car was so... Old school? Wrong. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's too high, it's too stiff, and it works so good. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I said that. I said that in... Uh, I don't remember and he's where. just He'll just laugh when he hears this because yeah. he, he knows it's true. But like I say, look at all... If nothing else, look at all the Speed Roll wind stickers that are still in the windows there. It's like Dave Patera, you know? He, David doesn't have a window there. It's just a, the, you know, it's being held all together by stickers, the, it's all yeah. stickers, yeah. But, oh, uh, let's give a shout out to Lino. I, I don't think we've ever mentioned this on the podcast. He's the one who, um, uh, shoot, put up for the uh, wind stickers this year for drag car. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's the one. He wanted us to have wind stickers. He'd been pounding on me for at least a year to do it, and I kept telling him we didn't have the funding for it. And he, he said, well, give me a design, and I'll get them. You know what? I bet he's got a crack in the windshield. He figures he needs to cover it with a wind sticker or the, or the windshield's going to come apart. I'm just teasing Lico. No. That's very cool. You know? Yeah. People don't realize it. it. There's a lot of things that cost money to put on a race, and everybody thinks it's, it's simple, and it's not. There's a lot of little things you just don't think about that have to happen for a, you know, a race to be run successfully. So thank you, Lino. That's very cool. Yeah. And uh, I know he was on the wrong side of the, the stripe on this one, but man, what a race! Twenty four thousandths at the stripe. Good race. Yeah. What did she do? Double O nine to his O twenty five. I can't say you snooze, you lose because O twenty five is generally a pretty decent reaction time for a non electronic car. You know. Her twenty two package against his forty six, mm. and that gave him the. Best losing best package. Losing, best losing package, right? Sure enough. And who's that sponsored by? Oh, it's not sponsored oh. anymore. It's not sponsored anymore. Oh, it's okay. actually actually for us now this year. It's a points bonus. They oh, get okay. extra hundred points for picking that up because obviously they're good if they yeah. can keep producing packages. Yep. <clears throat> then what do we had? Well, we had Jeff Morgan. He showed up. He pops in once in a while. Um, he went way under in E1 against Dylan Smith. Mm -hmm. And that was a stolen race. What I mean by that is really he, he, uh, the, the run under is what won it. Dylan by all rights should have taken that one. And that's one of those rare instances that I, I, you know, I don't like to see it, but the rules are the rules. They're black and white. So. Boy, he was dead late on the tree. Well, not dead late, but he was significantly behind Dylan. Yes. Dylan had an 016. Mike, uh, Jeff had an 067. Yeah. But yeah, he did run under. Uh, Dylan was right there. Nice job. Yes. 819 with an 8. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of a kick in the butt because as we spoke, they've been having a hard time with that car. Now they finally got the car squared away and they yep. get bad luck on that beat. side of it. Yep. So. So that means uh, Jeff had to take a penalty for the oh, next Oh, yeah. He took a big penalty. That's one of them. That's one of them kicker penalties where you will take an index penalty that's it, it puts you it puts you at a serious disadvantage for the rest of the race so 
With a 1360 first round index, his DQ would be at 1345. He just barely missed it with his 1346, but his penalty will drop him down to a 1330 for the next round, yet he's still only allowed to run 1345 before he takes a DQ. That's one of those things I have a hard time understanding. I'm sorry about that. I know, but it's just to chase out the sandbaggers. I'm just a talker. (laughs) And uh, let's see what happened next. I see Gary Cope broke before qualifying even started. That's a tough break for him because he's one of the chargers, isn't he? He is, yeah. And I don't I don't know what it was. I'm thinking it might have had something to do with the transmission. I can't remember. I saw him get off the trailer. I saw the car moving. And the next thing I came by and it was back up on the trailer. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me that he had broke. Uh, but then they also let me know that Tom Fitch, a former member of ours, ended up letting him borrow his ride for double oh, duty cool so gary still got to run in the uh, race the, the drag racing family as a matter of fact yes uh well ac- okay i was just gonna say gary copes part of the underdog racing but i don't think he really is mm. but tom fitch is mm-hmm. and so is kyle holbrook and that's who gary lost to in f- first round it is tough <laughs> to jump into an unfamiliar car it is and Especially if you don't have a chance to make a qualifying run, which happens. He did. He did oh, make he got qualifying. One. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll break your car in the second round of qualifying or whatever, and you have to just hump, you know, hunt into the, t- the tow vehicle and guess. And even if you guess good, it's still hard because the car is not going to respond the way your car does. It's, it's a whole bunch of things. I never was had actually it. guessing on that one. He made qualifying passes, but he wasn't. Uh, I was pretty surprised. I think he had... 1290 was his index assigned to him and he came back and said no make it a 1265 he he knew he wasn't making good passes in the car hmm yeah so he was really guessing oh oh rick rick hosen was another one he um funny thing he ran with us back in tucson i think it was more than a year ago yeah, I don't recognize the name. Um, beige Oldsmobile Cutlass. You might not see it too much at Phoenix. Um, well, he had a rain check that expired, and he had been talking to me at the last race that we were at. So I I decided to, you know what, give him another chance at this deal and honor his rain check, and we let him in. He ended up running Terry Brewster and that dragster in first round. And that was just one of those messed up races, kind of what I started to talk about before, where they both got the wrong tree. The lights came on. They both expected full trees. They both took pro trees. Uh, Hosen had a 1091 on his car, and that's a no-no. It was supposed to be a 1090. She beat him anyways. She beat him to the, to the, to the stripe, and she mm-hmm. won the round. But it just didn't make me feel good that we had too many of those situations going on. Well, it's just something to work on. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to. I know. It's track responsibility first to put it in the computer right. It's driver responsibility second to make sure it's right before they stage. But I just feel like we're giving both sides of that coin a little of something that they're quite not quite used to yet. And so maybe we should step up and help it, help it out a little bit. Hunter. Also, see if we can solve the problem, if nothing else. Yeah, so. right. Hunter Ray, remember last week, Hunter Ray took a big DQ. And yep. uh, this time he didn't take a DQ, but he did run eight under index against Ron Shelley. 
And it was a good race, though, 57 thousandths, margin of victory. But that eight under was a lot bigger than Ron's total package of 024. And that's one of them deals where I think I mentioned it to you before, where we have a fair competition guarantee. If you if you run a package that's tight and you should have won that round, but the other drivers run under is what makes them win it. We give you a free entry to come back at the next race. You're done for the day, but you know, but typically you are. But, but in this case, there was a surprise because Hunter just voluntarily bowed out. He went to Ron Shelley and told him, and you know, that's your race. You, you earned it. That is very cool. It is. I went back to the Get pit to talk to them guys. Tip the announcer's hat here to Hunter. Yay, Hunter. Indeed. They even told me he argued. Ron said, no, you won. The rules say you won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of racers right there. Yes. <laughs> oh, let's see. I When Willie told me that, I said, well, then you could have just went back in. He said, nope, we don't win that way. We're not going to take it. Wow. That's awesome. So for E2, Michael Porter opened up the round there by taking out Katie Webb. And Kyle Holbrook, Kyle Holbrook was the lucky dog against Jeff Morgan, who we talked about having a serious disadvantage with his um, index situation. And he ended up running a 1331 on that 1330, so that DQ'd him. Um, Wait, that's on the that's on the positive side of the... It is, but remember I said his 1345 was his DQ oh, barrier. Oh, that's right, yeah, okay. Um, Kyle ran under index. And he, so he, he took an index hit, but it wasn't a penalty. So he came back just like it was a qualifying pass. And Ron Shelley got past Bruce Schroeder, one of the other fast dragsters. That's right. We were talking about Bruce last time. Yeah. Bruce also was uh, another one that fell victim to the tree situation. And I was standing there and I saw it happen. Um, I felt bad. The tree flashed, and that car sat there for a little over a second. I'm sure he was oh, on the delay box. Mm. Yeah, got to got to nip that in the bud. Yes, yeah, I wasn't feeling good about it. Once in a while is one thing, but it was almost regular on this day. Terry Brewster. Oh yeah, we talked about her with that tree issue and what happened. So when she red lighted, she was against Chris Holbrook, so he took the win on that one. I don't know if I should mention I I. Me and my crew, we had a meeting after the race, and we decided that what we're going to do is probably put somebody in the burnout area. So when the two cars come up and sit in the burnout box, they've got their numbers on the, the what do we want to call Window. them? Box boards? The yeah. burnout box boards? So we can look and see. If they've got an F on the car, we can verify if there's a negative sign on that board for them or not. And if there's not, we can catch it before they even start their burnout. Yeah. I think that's something to do, at least for a couple of races. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. It's something that should significantly cut down issues that's for sure there we have it michael porter man he was on he was like what he was opening every round (laughs) you know it's funny some racers like that and some racers always want to be last yeah you know uh, we mentioned dave patera a little ways back i could show up at speed world and bet money that the first car in line was going to be Dave Patera. Really? Oh, I think he'd show up at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and just <laughs> camp out until the gates opened at 5. But he was always the first one there. And some people like to be first round. They just they want to get it out of the way so they got more time to, to go in the, in, you know, into the pits and work on the car or relax, as the case may be. So That's actually a wise strategy. 
I think so. I've found it to be true as one who runs the program and races at the same time. If I'm one of the last cars, it's hectic for me to try to take care of everything and have the car ready for the next round. That's why you got to get a dragster, Jeff. Oh, you know, we were talking about that. Who was it? Shoot, I can't remember, but it was somebody. We were at the track talking about it, and I was talking about your car. I said, I'm not much on dragsters, but what? Oh, it must have been with Randy Smith. We were talking about how they were. Oh, Dylan's dad? Yeah. Uh huh. We were talking about it, how he was fixing the car at the track that day. And um, I just said, you know, it's really cool. I did see, I did realize that in your trailer, how much room there is around that car, how easy it would be to work on in the trailer. It's. Well, or outside the trail, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having to change converters in a door car between rounds, for instance, or even a whole transmission. I mean, I know the stock super stock guys; they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are amazing how they can do it. Yeah. But uh, I think they put Velcro on instead of nuts and bolts. But uh, <laughs> I mean, all all I do, I plug in the battery charger, bring out a couple fans top off the fuel tank and then sit and BS with people who come by to look at the car. That's all I have to do. Yeah. You know? But when you do got to work on it, it's easy to work on. And exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I mean, there's been times we have had to do a little work and it's uh, the only disadvantage for an old guy like me is it's low to the ground. Yeah. And if you're, you know, kneeling down alongside the car, it's kind of hard to get up. But I mean, that's inconsequential compared to the plus as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, go on. Oh, well, let's see. So Michael, oh, he took out Marvin Wolfmeyer. Yeah. That's a hot shoe. <laughs> yep. Oh, but I have to, I have to, as much as, you know how much I like the close races and how I like to brag about them being real drag races. In this situation, it wasn't quite. Yeah. Uh, Marvin actually copped to it that he thought he had Michael by enough that he hit the brakes. And Michael got around him. Oh, Wow. Let's see, Porter. He said, I don't know what I was thinking. I said, you must have thought you were still in ADRA. <laughs> Let's see. Michael, 1240, round 1235. Wolfmeyer, 1110, ran 1114. Yeah. Oh, well. Some days you lose, you know. Some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. Yeah, look at that. 17,000th margin of victory. Ouch. Yep. Well, okay, what... Ah, uh, yeah. Run Shelley going red. I don't see that happen too often. No. Can't blame that one on the tree, though. Nope. 2000s red. It was close. Yeah. So, that was against Chris Holbrook. And Kyle got the bye. I watched the round, and I listened to Kyle's car go down, and when he went for third gear, he found neutral. Is it a stick shift car? No. Oh, it's automatic, really? Yeah. Ooh. So I was afraid he was done. Um, uh, and being that we were so late in the day, of course, Tucson was calling all winners to the lanes immediately. Right. So I went down to see what was going on because there was a possibility that there was not really, you know, that the two semifinalists would actually just go straight to the final. Right. But we went down there, and uh, Chris Holbrook was under the car working on the transmission while Kyle was inside the car taking instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and then those two had to come to the line and race each other. Oh, <laughs> the weird thing that is racing. Isn't it? Yeah. But you know what? 
let's give them a tip to oh, a yeah. tip too, right? Because Chris was in a serious lead for the points and how easy it would have been for them to just say, that's it, let Chris take the points and go out into the next round. But no, they made a race out of it. Nope. And as it went, Chris went 025 red. And Kyle impressed everybody with a dead on. I really, I really questioned whether that car was going to, because I didn't know if there was something wrong with it or if it was just an, uh, an adjustment issue. But he went dead on 60 with a 5 on a 60. Whatever he did, it worked. Indeed. What happened? Then you got Porter. Oh, for the final, yeah. Porter. Porter took 065 in reaction time advantage, but ran 035 under. So that was another penalty. So um, he still gets the win. He gets the race win. But it ended up, the penalty ended up handing the points over to, to Kyle. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not sure everybody understood. You said 60. What was it? 65 in reaction time. Well, no, he had an 045, but the other guy had a 107. I would just, you know, I let people figure that stuff out themselves. I don't uh, ah, okay. I don't figure out the difference. I just uh, got to make the mind work a little bit. You know? Right, right. Yeah, Co- that's true. Of course, if my you com- say 045 my com- to 10. My computer tells me all that information. Yeah, you cheat. Well, cheap. mine does too. I got yeah. the, you know, when I, I have to put it in. And when the printout comes out, I get the cool numbers. Yeah, but I mean, I see it right away. Yeah, you do. So. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I like to sometimes sit back there and look over your shoulder. I still, I'll be <laughs> honest, I still don't like the CompuLink system. No? No, for one thing, there's no... Most other systems uh, have the old Krondek did and the other one, I can't think of the name on the one that we had, Speed World, and they, they have now in Albuquerque. It's got It's got the best... Announce, it's got an announcer screen that shows the race you're doing and then the race that was just passed. So you don't uh, yeah. have to scramble to get the information off the screen before the next one, you know, the next race comes up. I remember that. And at busy races, they're cycling them pretty fast, you know. Now, I know that that system's pretty sophisticated and pretty trick, but how much more work would it be to come up with a split screen that has that information? Everybody else's screen does it just fine. But but the uh, CompuLink doesn't do that. I think you. I think that was called AccuTime, right? AccuTime was the other one. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't like it at first. Uh, it did have the best, most legible screen I've ever seen. Nice black and white. None of this colored, white letters on purple and crap. You know like what that. I did like about AccuTime? That was the one that did give me my data to the ten thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. In in my race reports, big legible numbers. Yes, it that's was right. In that respect, it it took us a while to get used to the differences between that and the cron deck. That's what our problem was. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else, yeah. You know, take your take your uh, holly off and throw a, a non self adjusting EFI on and see how how awesome everything goes right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Or that's not a good example. Take your Carter off, your old AFB, and throw on a holly. Yeah, it's you know you got. Hey, work. look at me! I just took my FMX out and put in a C six, and I'm still trying to figure out how to make that transmission work. <laughs> I'll take your word for it because I haven't slashed the idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, basically what you're saying, just on the transmission side instead of the carburetors. Yep, yep, very correct. So anyway. Uh, Porter got the best qualifying reaction time. Yep, uh, trip zip. Yeah. Nice job. He came back after that and said, well, I wasted that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, there was a triple zero. And I said, 
well, that's great. That's bonus points. He says uh, it's bonus points, but yeah, he wanted that money. If you do that in eliminations, you get money. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Ron Shelley got best reaction time of eliminations. That's not really a surprise. That guy, he's half the time. I think he's getting it. Yeah. 005 and he won. Cimarroli, we already talked about what he got. So Chris Holbrook's still in the lead with in the points and by a bunch. It's something he's... Uh, but we all know how quickly that can go away, you know? It's true. It, it, it all looks look- like a lot right now, but we've still got another race in Tucson, which will be another double... and uh, double. It's a double qualifying, double show-up points deal. Uh-huh. When is that going to be for our friends out here? September 12th, I think it is. It seems so far away. Doesn't it? Let's hope it's far enough away that the coronavirus fraud will go away. By I'm now. hoping. I'm hoping this thing won't last too much longer. Now, it says you got a, we got a, a different race, though, coming up uh, June 20th at Wild Horse. Yeah, June 20th. We'll, we'll still have our drag car. Next points race will be on June 20th. It will be an eighth-mile deal since it's going to be in the hot part of the season. So it's a night race. Yeah. Um, ADRA won't be there on that date. Okay. So we decided we're putting on a gambler of our own to try to get some more bracket cars through the gates in the interest of keeping the track happy. Right. And a lot of people, they aren't any happier that they have to wait till September either. That, you know, some people want to race, period. It don't matter, it don't matter if it's hot, if it's cold. The only exception is if it's wet, but you know. Hey, I agree with you because that's how I am. Yeah, I don't mind, especially. And you never know. June once sometimes June's really nice at night. I had a the June race last year at Wilders was the last race that I raced, you know, with you guys or with anybody. As a matter of fact, and I had a great time. I mean, I I don't recall I, that being bad weather. I think that was no, pretty the, decent air. The that weather night. was nice. It it was a hundred and eight when we got there, and it cooled that's down right. real real quickly right away. But it was dry, and, and we're we were up. Most of us parked up top. Yeah. There's there's a method to my madness. If you park up there, you get the breeze off the lake. It doesn't have to be much to make it a lot more comfortable than, you know, yeah. than, than non-breeze. But uh, I just, I was not getting any traction that day at all. I was going about 850 feet for every 660 I was supposed to be going. But I still had fun. Yeah. I, I had a good time. Yeah, man. I, and, and that's, that's. I can't believe it's been that long. Yep. Um, so Michael Porter, he's, he's been, he's been really working hard at the gambler, uh, trying to give us something for the gambler. As I mentioned, so PADR is having also a gambler on that date, which will be a no box, 10 flat and slower. And it's, but it's a, it's a high dollar gambler. It's a hundred dollars. I think. Well, yeah. And that's why we kind of stepped up our gambler. Um, so he made it a hundred dollar buy-in with a 60% win pay and so we decided well then you need to do something for the electronics racers so we decided to uh, up the entry fee up up the buy-in for our gambler and we were just going to do a $50 buy-in with a 100% payout but then Michael Porter stepped in and said he had a sponsor that will guarantee $1,000 to win yeah and if they're over 32 entries that jumps to $2,000 to win yes yep yes and the runner-up gets half the buyback. Oh, there will be buybacks. Yes. And it's, a, it's a box and crosstalk on. I hate crosstalk. With true start on. Yeah. Eighth mile. So that'll be good, quick racing. It'll go fast. Everybody will be able to turn their cars around 
you know, and, and we'll have a good time. And we think it'll work good all the way around. Yeah. And we should mention that just for those of you who might be curious, uh, we had announced long, we had announced first to have a gambler. So just so anybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah, we started that last year when, when Ron from Wild Horse, I was afraid he was going to pull the date on us because mm-hmm. no other clubs were stepping up for that date. So I told him, you know, if you give us a, you know, if you, if you keep it open for us, we will add a gambler to it. And who knows what, you know, I'll try to figure out something else. So yeah. I actually did approach Bill Wallace about running a, a outlaw thing on that night, but he said, no, man, it's too hot. So mm. they, they don't want to try it, but at least we can run a gambler. Yeah. And, and you, and know, you can so run both. You can run drag car and the gambler. Are we going to start the gambler after? We got a couple rounds of drag card done. Well, actually, for this night, we're gonna we're gonna flip the run order around a little bit. Okay. We're gonna start the night with drag car comp star eliminator first. Then we will run the PADR gambler. Then we will run the drag car gambler qualifying at that point. Y- yeah. yeah. And then they'll have the test and tune, and then go back to comp star. And in this way. Any of our racers that are running Comp Star will be able to jump into the gam, yeah, uh, the drag car gambler as well. Have some, you'll have the other one in between. Yeah, yeah, that works. Because typically, most of the runners that run with the PADR don't run with drag car, so I don't think we're going to be creating any friction there with no. somebody wanting to run both. Both. And if they want to run both, all they got to do is turn their car around. You know, I still remember. My good friend Nick Alejandre back in the old days at Speed World would come out and Bob would have a have a race going on and Nick would run both pro and super pro the same day and never missed a round. And I think at least once he won them both. He drove that car like a street car. Oh, man, I love that car. And isn't it cool that car is still rolling out yep. there? old head game Chevelle. Yep. Only thing is, you might not recognize it now. I rec- uh, I, it was the last race... At Wild Horse, where I noticed it, the car has no lettering on it no more. It got a new paint job. It still looks like a candy red. Really? But uh, it's fresh. So I don't I'll know if it's going to get re-lettered or if it's just going to stay plain to Jane. I'd be take the paint off. I'd be afraid <laughs> the body would fall off. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a tough car. And, of course, Nick has a dragster as well and does very well uh, in the Arizona Super Comp. Uh, I didn't realize that he had a dragster, yes. too. Yes, okay. he's, had a, he's had a... Mid-engine, what everybody calls rear-engine dragster for quite some time. But as the late Connie Swingle, one of the great dragster, front-engine dragster drivers of all time, told me once I was at the Heartland Hot Rod Reunion in Great Bend, Kansas, which was just a wonderful trip. You know, home of the home of the B-29s. Most B-29s were produced there, and there were memorials all over. And it was just, it was really neat. And I was referring to the cars as rear-engine dragster. And some guy that came up the tire says, Swingle wants to talk to you. I go, wow. Okay. I'm thinking this is cool, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Connie at that time was well into his disability. He had lupus pretty bad. Oh. And uh, it was all that weekend was also his birthday. It was his 69th birthday that weekend. But anyway, uh, I went down and talked to him and said, Hal, hey, those cars aren't rear engine cars. He added a few choice expletives that I'll leave out. But he said, if that was a rear engine car, there'd be a, there'd be a, no, it wasn't that it was rear engine. The first thing was that I was using the word 
motor to describe it. And I was that's right. The first oh. time was I was saying, yeah, and the motor's in the wrong place. How if that car had a motor that have an electrical cord on the back of it? And he's right. <laughs> right. They're in motors. They're engines. So and then the second time he was talking about he 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 called me down again later. Second time. Now I'm going. Okay, what's it going to be this time? He says, Hal, if that was a rear engine car, the motor be hung out back like a Volkswagen. It's a mid engine car, and he was right there too because it's it's absolutely true. So I've always tried to remember that. The problem is it's pretty ingrained that it's a motor and it's a rear engine car. Well, you, you know? kicked that out at our last week, and I didn't ask you about it, but you did say something that there was a difference between rear engine and mid-engine, and yeah. I didn't ask. And yeah. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know that. Well, yeah, if, if a rear engine, the engine be behind behind the rear axle, like yeah. a Volkswagen. Okay. You know, and if it's uh, mid-engine. But we think of rear engine, we think of everything in drag racing as to pertains to the position of the driver. Right. My car is a front-engine dragster because the engine's in front of me. Yeah. Most of these guys running rear-engine dragster, the engine is behind them. So, now that I've wasted five minutes telling everybody what they already knew, you know, we've got that covered. There so. you go. We're still looking for the answer to why do they call it drag racing. I didn't know we were looking. I asked that a long time ago. No. There really, so far, there hasn't been any... I've really, seen I have seen that brought up on various message boards yeah. over the years. And there's always, at least on the message boards, there's always a pretty diverse group of answers. Yeah. The problem is nobody really knows. I know. Isn't that amazing? Because your opinion might be right. My opinion might be right. But we don't know what happens, you know? Hmm. So. Interesting. Better than calling well, it some other things they could call it, street, I suppose. Uh, no, I won't even say it. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Oops. You still have AOL, yeah. Jeff? Only only AOL says you've got mail. Is that only AOL? I think so. I've, I keep getting told. Well, you saw. I think you saw. I've been starting to switch it, all of my email over to the usdragcar.com. Uh-huh. But I've been worried about it because I'm afraid maybe some people are, uh, like some of our racers, when I send out the emails, I'm afraid they might be catching them and they might be going into their spam folders and they might not be seeing it. Well, then what you do the next time you start sending out messages, if uh, if you have any questions as to whether you might not be getting this message, put the address, US Drag Car, at whatever it, or, you know, info at usdragcar.com. Put it in your, your uh, address book. It's in the address book. It'll never get kicked out of spam. Unless it's a, a true spam message. Gotcha. So. Hmm. so I can't think of anything else we're supposed to talk about. I mean, we've got... That's our next race, June 20th. It's a ways away. Hopefully, I'll have time to get my car together. I don't know. What do you think? You're going to be able to get together for it, too? The, car, the car's sitting there. I know. The only thing I got it together you is my patch you Achilles up. tendon. I think it's a little better. Yeah? You know, I've been taking it pretty easy but still that's good i want to go racing Wah! yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you <clears throat> and again you know I, i've we've mentioned before i don't go racing to win money or anything i go to race i go racing to have fun and that's what it's all about to me what what's the old bumper sticker happiness is a good et you know, I used to say that the drags a long time ago. I haven't seen that for a long time. Well, that's because it, it's been a long time since anybody well, mentioned it. You know, nowadays happy day uh, ha happiness is a perfect package. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever. I've got my perfect. I've got my my perfect light. Uh, 
ET slip somewhere stashed away. That that made me happy. So, as far as a perfect dial, eh, I don't know. I've come close a couple times, but it was, it's been a fluke. Of course, most perfect dials are. I tell flukes. you, man. To me, it's always a fluke. The the one I. The, the one story I've told a lot of people, maybe a lot of people on this haven't heard it. Um, when I went to the Nationals for the first time, we four rounds of qualifying with that car, and I couldn't make a pass better than 11.15. What category were you running? Super Street. Oh, okay. And I believe the index was 11.01. Where maybe was it? it? No, no, no. It was 10.99. If, if it was here, it was 10.99. It, it was 10.99. Tucson, it might be different. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I, uh, it ended up being an MSD. We ended up taking the box. We were chasing fuel all, all weekend. And then finally we took the box to the MSD trailer and they gave us a new one and we put it in there and I went into first round with it. And dad said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, what can I do? Cut the best light I can cut. And if I've got any room, I can lift. And that's what I did. I had about a half a car on the guy as we were coming into this past a thousand foot it was well before the speed trap but i could tell i started to have mile per hour on him so i flipped the throttle one time and i swear i gave up too much i honestly don't remember but it was so close i don't know who was in front but when we went across the stripe my wind light lit up and i was all excited and it was 1099 with a o and i i scored we were the third pair of cars down for the weekend (laughs) so i uh i scored that thousand dollars 1099 or 1090 with us? No, it was a 99 because the index was 99. Oh, it was 99. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But all the time. You got $1,000 for that? Yeah. That wow. was the with the TRW Grand 900 Award, they called it back then. And where is TRW now? Where are they now? I don't know. But they, you remember, they were big, big outfit. Big, yeah. uh, big uh, contractor for the government in, in aerospace and everything. And of course, we all. At the time, we all knew the TRW Thompson Ramo Woolridge uh, line of engine parts. TRW engine parts was hot setup back then. Hey, I've still got TRW pistons in that car. Really? Yep. Wow. <laughs> What's more amazing is they're still available through Speed Pro or Seal Power. Seal Power. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same company. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've analyzed the piston industry as well. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. The piston industry certainly has changed in the last five years. Uh, uh, Vinolia, that was an interesting story. That's that's what I have in the in the Moody car, the top fuel car, uh, the restored car is Vinolia rods and pistons. And uh, one November, I guess last year, I think it was November, he just said, you know, his dad had long since died. He couldn't, didn't have any interest in the thing anymore. He just said, I'm going to close it down. He stopped taking orders. And at the end of the year, close the doors. Well, somebody has bought the name, whether they have bought the rights to all the equipment in the shop and the forging dies and stuff like that, I don't know. But uh, it's now owned by somebody else. And, of course, C.P. Carrillo has a number of lines, and Weisco has a number of lines. So the, the small piston company, like many other things in today's economy, is going the way of the dodo. It's all big conglomerates. Yeah, but there's still some very good piston manufacturers out there. I mean, I, I don't mean that to imply that that they weren't. Um, we ha- we run diamond pistons in the in the Moroni top fuel car. I've got Vinolias in mine, and and there's a lot of a lot of good brands out there. Yeah. So I don't keep up on it, and it's it's got me at a real disadvantage. Because now see, that's not- where I'm. That's the part of 
racing that I'm interested in. You, you're interested in the numbers and the and all this stuff. I could give a rat's patoot about that. I'm into the mechanical stuff about it, uh, especially things like who's running what rods and pistons and why do you run this piston? Why are you running that ring groove combination and things like that? To me, that's really interesting. It is. That, that's I why got I, no problem with that, that's for sure. That's why I always enjoyed going to the SEMA show so much. I, I went to the very first SEMA show. I'm probably the only person you'll ever meet that was at the very first SEMA show at Dodger Stadium. Wow, man. And uh, I've met all of them, of course, but uh, it's, it's gotten so what big. What year was the first one? Oh, nobody seems to even remember that. I seem to remember it as 66 or 67, no something kidding. like that. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, it's the entire Las Vegas Convention Center plus all the the tents and other stuff they can cram around the outside of it. It's a well over a million square feet. And uh, it's it's just too much to take You can't do it in, in one day, right? I, to, to be honest, to do it right, which means stopping everywhere you have an interest... I don't think you can do it in the four days you're there. I mean, if you're interested in all the things. I'm not. I want to see new products. I want to see engine stuff. I want to see restoration stuff because my Firebird. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, there's a couple other categories, but uh, a lot of the stuff, I don't have interest in wheels and tires. I did, <laughs> I did go, not this last visit, but the year before. I wanted to thank the people at Hoosier. They sold me a really great set of tires for Tigger's Digger. I was just so pleased with the way those tires worked. I said, I'll just run down there and see them. Well, they were at the end of the tire tent, hmm. walking as quickly as I could through the crowds. It took me seven minutes to get there. That's how that's how big it was, you know. So, But I think they appreciated my, my taking the time to tell them that I thought the that's tires good. were good. I got, yeah. got those in all my cars now, so. But it's it's definitely uh, and of course back then we didn't have the parade, uh, you know, all the cars out in the parking lot and on display. That that takes fifteen minutes to walk through when you get there. And there's some neat cars. But wow! It just goes to show how much the industry has changed since I first got involved because uh, there aren't very many fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven Chevys on display. You know, not it's anymore. All, it's, it's all modern cars. Uh-huh. It's all uh, what we call current you know current muscle cars and uh, things like that <clears throat> and then they got the display area in the middle out front where they've got the drift cars and guys jumping over things and whatever it's no interest to me but a lot of people really like it you know i've never been so I'm, you gotta I'm go really you should completely go some, lost in yeah. all this stuff you're talking about i can get you i can get you a certificate for next year mm. uh, you got to prove that you're in the industry and i'm glad of that last thing we need is the public in there yeah and and uh, they say nobody under 16 allowed, but there's an awful lot of kids running through collecting stickers. Yeah. <laughs> then there's a lot of 70-year-old kids like me going through collecting stickers, too. <laughs> so, you know, I've got an extensive sticker collection. But SEMA Show, if you're in the industry, is something that you should definitely go to sooner or later. It's uh, it's an amazing, amazing deal. And how about PRI? I've never been able to go. It's oh. always something going on. Uh, plus, I don't. I've been in in Indianapolis in the winter time oh. for for motorcycle shows. Yeah, it's not much fun. No, it's true. It's cold. It's windy. It's cold. It's usually wet. It's snowing. It's cold. <laughs> and did I mention it's cold? Yeah. Yeah. It and the show is the show was good, but anyway, I I I wanted to go with Jim this year. He's been the last couple of years, 
and uh, and that show is great because it's all the name says it all performance racing industry no racks you know no none of the fluff it's all about racing okay. it's a smaller show but it's okay, more right. it, more intense and more driven towards the sort of thing that I would be interested in one of these years I'll make it I hope when did that one start do you it's, know uh, I don't know probably 10 15 years ago yeah I could be wrong on okay that. I was surprised a couple of years ago we actually got invited sort of shocked me you know we, because we're just a small organization in, oh. in Arizona but yeah somehow drag car got on their radar and cool but I couldn't make it yeah so I felt like I missed out on something there yeah well <clears throat> maybe maybe one of these years to be able to go Christmas time is a tough time I mean, granted it's the first week of December usually but still that's Christmas time you got a family you got kids you know there, there's other reasons uh, and it's a tough time of year for finances too so oh boy ain't that the truth for me I think one of the bigger well, it's all of it it's exactly what you said it's the holiday season um, works and for us heavy even though it's the racing season that's the middle of our racing season because we're the opposite of everybody else around the country it's nice weather in in phoenix relatively speaking in december as opposed to indianapolis or anywhere else you know so we, you might have to miss out on some racing to go. That's why I can never go. I always had a race I had in Well, for me personally, I'm always trying to get our stuff together for the next year, yeah. get our season in line. And that's a good time to go to that because while they're not really looking to talk to people who want something from them, they want something from you, your money to buy their products, Yeah, you can get a foot in the door. Yeah, You don't want to go back there and really lay, lay a full presentation on somebody. Uh, because they don't have time for you, but it it never hurts to get your foot in the door with a, a brief package and say, hey, we got a great little program going on out here. I think you'd be interested. I hope you take a look at it, and I'll get back with you. And then remember to call them back. You know, after the show's two or three weeks down the line. You know, in listening to Cameron Ferre, is that how uh-huh. you say it? Mm-hmm. Close enough. Their po- podcast. That's one of the things that they talked about more than one time. That you don't go to that show looking for sponsors. You go to that show looking for contacts. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's a job. Yeah. Well, you make your initial contact. Hi, I'm Jeff Sfranek from American Drag Car. We've got a great little racing program. Here's a package. Take a look at it when you get a chance. Been good talking to you. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, pretty much right. He says that when they... I, I think Don, his co-host, has some sort of a business that they... And they end up getting that stuff. They they go into the PRI show. Mm-hmm. And he says that's all they through the whole weekend. They they can't. They say they, we can't count how many sponsorship proposals we get. Yeah. When we're up there. <clears throat> that's why it's important to make a good one by making it quick to the point and then getting out of their face. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I think we've just about ex- uh, we've bored everybody, up. right? Yeah, yeah. We've we've <laughs> we've covered everything, and uh, no racing for us this next weekend, but. There's going to be, I I'm think sure. there's a lot going on still, right? I, I can't keep track, but I know there's a lot going on. I don't know, Jeff. They're, if they cancel our little motocross out in the middle of nowhere on private property, they they want to cancel everything. That's odd to me. But I, so how come they didn't, you know, they didn't, well, now they didn't have anything with to do with canceling the big money bracket race that was supposed to be next weekend, did they? Who is they? You're saying the city, the state, the... Uh, could very well have been. The governor said no I, meetings more than 50 people, da 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 da, da. Now Really? It's, now it's down to 10. Wow. In some areas, you know. 
It's not a good deal. No. My my roommate works in fries, and he says they haven't had toilet paper for a week. People you know fighting what? over it. Speaking of it, that was actually one of our concerns going into Tucson this past weekend. I was afraid that even though the race wasn't canceled or pulled by Tucson or anybody else. You're afraid that count would be down? Yeah. I was afraid there would just be a lot of people who would just decide not Racers to show up. Racers don't care about no stinking virus. <laughs> Come on. That's Ebola, what nitro's e- for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nitro and clutch dust offsets the effects of the coronavirus. It's a proven you, fact. Yes, right. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I told Perla that it's okay if we can't get any hand sanitizer. I still got a five-gallon bottle of racing gas out there. there We're good is. to go. Yep. <laughs> Methanol works pretty good, too. There you go. I don't run that stuff. Do you run that stuff? Absolutely. You do. I wouldn't. I would never in Arizona run anything else. I don't care what kind of car I had. If I had a race car that wasn't street driven, it would have methanol in it. Engine runs cooler. Engine runs cleaner. You can be further off on the jetting. You can make a, a bigger mistake on the jetting and still not hurt your parts. There's a lot of it, and you make more power. You burn more fuel. But let's see. We had the a last, car. Last time I bought methanol, it was a dollar eighty-two a gallon. What does your race gas cost? Dare I say? I think we're at eight fifty a gallon it's now, and I'm buying right. the cheap and stuff. That's the cheap stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there's another good reason. Another good reason. Uh, we had a car that we ran on methanol years and years ago, mm-hmm. uh, mid '80s. I didn't get to drive the car. I was, you know, I, I think I was barely sixteen at the time. But I would ride with the guy to tech and stuff. Hell, I don't know how he did it. I would get out of that car, my eyes would be burning. <laughs> I've I've had situations where, I mean, I'm in a, I've got a, a full face helmet with a helmet sock on and it's covering up my nose and, and stuff. But I've had situations coming up to the line, and of course I got zoomies, where, yeah, I start getting it, start blinking my eyes, and there's nothing I wow, can do. Wow, and that's an open car. Yeah, it's an open car. Wow. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I put the visor down and leave the line, of course. Yeah, it, that blows it, it all it, away. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't bother you anymore. But, yeah, it can, it can seriously uh, upset your equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wh- that's why I had such a good time at the National at our Moroni Racing booth this year. We had lots of, excuse me, lots of youngsters there and. Every time some family come up with kids and, you know, I'm out front doing the PR thing, I says, so they, a lot of times they'd say, this is his or her first time here. I said, oh, really? Mm. Have you gotten a good nitro experience yet? And some of these kids had no idea what I was talking about. Well, you need to stand behind those cars. Oh, about eight, ten feet behind those cars when they fire them up. It's really cool. Of course, that's the, the sadist in me coming through, I think. But uh, I used to do it when I was a kid. I used to love it. I had one little girl. I thought that showed how tough I was. <laughs> there was one little girl who is the youngest daughter of Jason Smith, the owner of uh, Outlaw Racing Engines. They came and oh, visited okay, us. Oh, okay, yeah. I, saw I said, did you get a chance to, to stand behind the car? She says, and she's going, yeah, that was great. She says, you like it? Yeah, I want to do it again. I'm going, Jason, you got a good one here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get this girl into a top fuel suit as soon as you can, you know. <laughs> At least a junior dragster. But she really, she wanted to go back and do that again. Right on. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, I think we about covered it, as I said, five minutes ago. 
Let's uh, do it, Hal. I uh, think we're done. We, we will bring you another podcast as soon as we can. And keep those cards and letters coming in. We love to hear from you folks. I realize that's kind of a euphemism because nobody writes anything anymore. But email or a phone message. If you know somebody you'd like to hear talked about. If you maybe hear about a new product here. You know, new whiz bang. You'd like to f- like us to find something out about. We can we can look into that for you too. It's not a heck. I get twenty six. Especially you, you keep up on it. I get twenty six magazines a month, most of which are industry magazines of one yeah. sort or another. So, like we can generally find out. So if there's if you got a question or or whatever, let us know. Uh, so far, nobody's taken advantage of that opportunity, but I'm hoping somebody will watch. This will be the week we will get fifteen good solid request and then everybody will be mad because I don't address it the first issue but well we're sort of bummed that we 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 don't get any suggestions or anything like that or pats on the back right but at the same time we're not getting any hate mail so I guess we're doing okay yeah yeah. that's I remember getting some of that the very early days of my announcing career really oh yeah and it really affected me and then somebody just uh, I think it might have been Bruce Flanders who was my mentor at the time so was this at the drag strip or at the motorcycle? No, this was Speedway Motorcycle Racing. Okay, wow. And uh, and he said, Hal, don't let these people bother you. you know, first of all, you're not going to please them all. You'll never please them all. And it took me a while to accept that, but now that I've accepted that, I still don't like to hear criticism, but hey, at least you know now what? I act on it, you know. You told me that when I first started running drag car. Don't take it personal. And I'm sorry, it just, I, I heard you, but it doesn't work. I still can't help it i well, have to sit back and wonder what they don't like about the program or what am i that's doing because wrong? it's your baby yeah right. you know and uh that that makes it a little more difficult to to deal with the fact but you have to you have to look past the emotion part of it and look at you know what they're asking and if they can't tell you what they don't like then guess what move on to the next thing right because if they if they just tell you i don't like this fine have a nice day. Yeah. Thank well, you for coming. Have a nice day. You know what? What more can you say if they if they can't tell you why they don't like it, then it's not worth listening to them. So. Oh. And we've done things to. We've listened to <clears throat> the common complaints in the past over the years. That's why we've changed the program so many times. Yeah. We listen to the complaints. We make changes, and oddly enough, the changes we make don't bring the people who are complaining in. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the way it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have, I have reservations about some of the other programs, about the way things are done, but they're not going to change it because I say I don't like it. So whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, don't know when we'll bring you our next podcast, seeing as there's no racing this week, but we'll get back to you as quickly as you can. Check on the website. Uh, Jeff usually sends out an email to the faithful uh, as to when. There's a new oh, one. Oh, speaking of the website, I just found out last night the website is down. I don't know what happened. Who's uh, your host? Vario. Don't know. So, anyways, I called them up. I think it was last. No, it was yesterday. When was the afternoon. last time you looked to see if it was up? Honestly, yesterday afternoon. Well, before, I mean, it might have been a week before that. The last time I looked at it. So. You don't check your website at least three or four times a day. Uh, no, I, I know what's webs- on there. What am I looking for? <laughs> you mean to see if it's working? I guess that would be a smart play. Well, but no, I, mean, I don't. Huh. Um, I had a typically, the only time I go on it is to make sure, or I mean, update it. 
and then sometimes I'll go on it because that's the easiest way for me to reference something that I'm tr trying to remember. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what happened yesterday. I went on there to reference our schedule and it wasn't there. Could have been off for a week. Yeah, exactly. It might have cost you an entry or two. Possibly. That's another reason to check it, for, especially yes. with a race coming up. Yeah. You should be checking that sucker every morning when you get up. Yeah, you're right. And that way you might be able to head it off at the pass. So anybody if, who's been trying to get on usdragcar.com, if you haven't been successful, please be patient and come back. It, it should be up in a day or two. If not so. already. I didn't I did I didn't get a chance to look at it today. Okay. But well, they told me 48 hours and I sure didn't like that answer, but I have to just sit back and wait. Well, you know, it's so much work <laughs> to click on a website and then click the keypad a couple times and solve a problem like that. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going to make a comment that I would normally make with a microphone off. I would make with the microphone off. All right, Hal. All right. Well, you take care of yep. that and heal. And yep. I want to see you at the next race, maybe. Let's hope so. And I'll try to have my car there. Yep. If not, maybe I'll run my big wheel. Mm. What the heck? Mm. Everybody, thanks for listening. Okay, yeah. Next race, June 20th at Wild Horse Pass. Eighth mile. Gambler 2. Bring your drag car. <laughs>